0: I merely discovered the error in your deception, that my memories were not without value to you.
1: I knew because they belonged to me, you would see them as trophies and be unable to resist them. You took the things that were me, and in doing so, you have become me. We
0: are one now. You
2: with me, awkwardly holding a grenade on the bridge, are <laughs> Bill Waiwad
3: and Emily Bowen-Marler. Welcome again to Strange New Takes. Today we'll be sharing a recap of Picard's Season 3, Episode 8, Surrender.
1: Follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell your friends about the pod, and uh, if you're so inclined, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts.
2: And as always, this show spoils Star Trek. It spoils sometimes other things like The Mandalorian, for example. So just be warned that we're, we have a free reign with spoilers on the show. So uh, be careful if you haven't watched the show. All right, well, uh, today we're going to talk about Surrender, which is the eighth episode of the third season of Star Trek Picard. It first aired on the 6th of April, 2023. It was written by Matt Okumura. It was directed by Deborah Campmere, And the in-universe date is 2401. Uh, here's the summary for Memory Alpha. Vatic forces Picard to make an impossible choice. Deliver what he can never give. Or watch his crew perish. Their only salvation lies in the mind of an old friend and old foe um we always start with our strange new takes but we had a surprise entry to the podcast we yeah. hadn't expected and just turned up on our on our channel he's probably getting his audio recording started so we'll let him go last and <laughs> the rest of us can go first i to get us started with our strange new take
1: who who could oh. the special guest be our <laughs> listeners are hanging in suspense yeah
0: I mean, I, I was hoping I could just say Adam Bowen and then it would just like seamlessly work.
3: But <laughs> oh, it doesn't seem like so that's going to happen. So close. Are, oh, man. But is I it, it going
2: to be... be Terry.
1: <laughs> Are you guys sure it's really Adam Bowen or could it be a changeling just posing as Adam Bowen?
3: Well, it's kind of figuring then we could just swap one Bowen for another, you know, and I
2: have to leave. There you go. There you go. That's the way we should have. We should have run it. Um. Well... I will have a strange new take about an object that I'm holding right now, which is not great podcasting, unfortunately, but it is good zooming, which is what we're doing. Uh, I'm holding a Parker fountain pen. I used to use one of these as a kid, and they were my favorite fountain pens. They were very smooth compared to the other fountain pens I would use. It's in specifically a Parker Vector. It's a great mm. pen to write with. I. It's totally impractical for me to own this. I don't know when I'm going to use it, but it was the nostalgia was too strong for me not to buy it. So it is now with me. Suck it, like 12-year-old notch who couldn't happy. <laughs> uh, but uh, with Star Trek, I think my this, this episode, this is one of those episodes that really suffers from the fact that we have only got 10 episodes in the season. It really should have been two episodes. And the I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying, like, there was a complete tonal shift about three-quarters of the way through, which kind Mm -hmm. of threw me for a loop a little bit. And I guess we'll get into that later.
3: (laughs) Okay, let's see. Um, My strange new take for life is just that Holy Week is, like, awful for ministers. So I'm, like, a little wrecked so sorry if my insights are not what they normally <laughs> would be I'm just exhausted my mom's like what should I serve with the ham tomorrow I'm like something that will resurrect me because I'm nearly dead <laughs> anyway you know we. I, sometimes I feel like we take this whole walking the way of the cross a little too seriously by the end of Holy Week but um anyway sorry if that's offensive to anybody I'm just trying to be you know a little humorous. you just lost exhaustion. us all our listeners know, Emily. All listeners, uh, like, oh, that heathen minister she shouldn't but- be in the ministry. <laughs> Nothing I haven't heard before. Okay. Well, well, so- one <laughs>
2: quick thing. Some people might listen to this like at other odd times of the year. This is the week leading up to Easter, right? Yes.
3: Yes. Yes. The week okay. leading up to Easter. So anyway, we get, we have lots of religious observances that happen this week. So it's just a whole lot of work for ministers, but I did watch the episode And my strange new take, I have two. The first is that Terry Metalis lied to us because he said in a tweet last week, like explaining why Marina Sirtis didn't have a lot of big scenes was because, you know, they just couldn't make it work with her living in London and working really hard. Yeah, whatever. She's totally there with them. Like she's totally having good big scenes. So I thought that was funny. I don't care that he lied. I just thought it was funny that he just didn't keep mom, you know, (laughs) just say, just wait. (laughs) You know, Anyway. But my strange take for the episode is actually that, um, oh, my gosh, someone's totally going to die because they gave us this wonderful reunion. Everyone's sitting at the table and, you know, how much they love each other and how great it is to all be together. And it's totally because one of them is not making it through. And I mean, I guess we're assured that it won't be data. Um, Oh, my God. But yeah, some someone is totally gonna die. There's, I don't know. I just I felt a bit of foreboding when they were all sitting at that table together, and it was feeling so, you know, nostalgic they, and happy. And I was like, oh no.
0: They they did have a Thaleron generator at uh, Daystrom <laughs> Station, so Data <laughs> could throw him back himself back into that.
3: There you go. Oh, I think Data sacrificed enough, so. <laughs>
1: Should they bring back Wesley in episode 10 just so they can kill him?
3: Oh my gosh, that's terrible.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. Um, So let's see. My strange new take. So the 1990s hit R&B song, Return of the Mac, I just learned, was made by this guy named Mark Morrison, who is English. What? Yes, Mark Morrison is English, the coolest English person ever. And I'm not. If we have any English listeners, I'm not saying that like English people in general are not cool. If you're <laughs> listening to this pod, you're probably really cool. But you are not as cool as Mark Morrison. Sorry. <laughs> you just lost us the other
2: half
3: of the listeners, Emily Hadajisto.
1: I mean, I'm not as cool as Mark Morrison either. Not, yeah, not even <laughs> close. Um, so anyway, and uh, I don't know how this fits into the story, but Mark Morrison also like uh, like ran to be like in local government. And <laughs> I probably wouldn't, I, I don't know if he'd be um, as, as good at, at that. Anyway, um, so I just have loved the way that they've developed the Worf character. Mm. Um. It's both like really humorous and I, but I think also like fitting with like 90s Worf. Like it, you can kind of see how he he might grow and develop in that direction. And so I just love that he's all like in touch with his feelings. And um, (laughs) uh, I find it, yeah, I find it believable and and endearing. We can't hear you.
3: Oh, (laughs) Uh, I'm going to
1: round us out here
0: with my uh, uh, fountain pen that I am currently using, which is a Kaweco Perkeo. Uh, It's a it's it's a plastic one, so it's it's not not terribly expensive or anything. I think it was like $17, but it's it's got a nice smooth feel. And uh, right now I'm using it with some. uh, Well, I don't speak French, so it looks like it says violette pensée who who knows if that's if those didn't are you words you take
3: voice lessons though you got to at least know how like learn how to pronounce
0: french. i i don't i'm not sure that i that i did anything in french oh, i think i did some did. german stuff uh, and some italian stuff
3: so you didn't do any wc
2: i did not or
3: foray
2: nope nope oh, okay well 12 year old me would be very jealous of you right now
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's a good pen and and this one's purple so uh, the the ink which is fun so uh, for the episode um, I mean I I, I think I, I get where you're coming from Emily that uh, we are having Marina Certis in like she was in a lot of this episode and it looks like she's going to be in a lot of next episode uh, uh, just based on the the previews or whatever in the um, uh, the ready room uh, preview or whatever that we saw, but it it kind of does feel like a like let's take all of the exposition that would have been done over the course of the entire season and let's do it in a five minute conversation between her and Riker. Uh, but yeah,
1: but I'm just confused because like doesn't she live in London and like that that's got to be at least like a two thousand dollar plane ticket. To, so how did they? Uh, I think and... I think
2: I think what's happening here is that we are. Yeah, I think we are also underestimating the annoyance that Star Trek fans can deploy on social media. Where they true. were probably like, "Why isn't she up? every single episode?" Oh, I'm gonna grind my teeth now. And so, the annoyance oh, is
1: infinite, it, or the potential <laughs> for annoyance is infinite. There's no end to it.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's let's jump into discussing this episode then. I. I think again, like there are two kind of halves to this episode. One is like the whole struggle of Vatic, and then the next is like everything that happens after Vatic breaks into like seven thousand billion pieces. And <laughs> we opened this week with some very like, grim stuff. Uh, you know, like yeah. Starfleet people kind of being mowed down. And then, like, we can even tackle the fact that, like, Taveen gets, like, vaporized on the bridge. And then Jack takes over somebody and leads them to their death. It's just very grim stuff.
3: I'm liking that people are being emotional in the midst of it. Because you know what? There is Not everyone is going to be able to keep a totally... Calm demeanor in the face of that, you know, so I'm appreciating that they're showing kind of a variety of um, responses to it. But I have to say. Now, I I am a parent and I probably will never find my child in this situation that Beverly and Picard have found their son in. Mm-hmm. You can't ask your kid to not go turn himself over when there are other people being murdered in cold blood in order to get him to show up like you just can't do that I know I totally get that they don't want their kid to be hurt but the trauma that you are inflicting on him by making him somewhat be responsible for the people who are potentially dying on the bridge is like you can't ask that of a person sorry I just I kept I was getting so mad at them I'm like y'all need to set your stuff aside And the, like, you need to think about what you're doing to your child by making him just stay there in the, in sickbay with you. Anyway, that was really distressing to me in the first part of the episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but Star Trek has a long tradition of making kind of selfish decisions that are kind of like in the interest of somebody in the in-group and potentially really jeopardize like a huge number of other people. You know, it's like, oh, Ensign Kim got left behind. And if we go get him, something might happen that will, like, genocide all these people. And it's like, well, we never leave a man behind. got to go back and try. And then, of course, it always works out, right? They never have to face those consequences where they, they genocide a planet because they wanted to save Harry Kim. So, but they do that a, a lot.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what, like i was expecting i mean it's true like it's good we got to see the other side of the lower decks the only thing i'll say is that and i'll make this point right now rather than later we we show all of this stuff and all of the suffering and all of this trouble but we don't have to deal with it later in the episode after like the crisis has passed there's like no like hey bunch of people died uh we should like take a moment to acknowledge that there's bodies everywhere (laughs)
3: Maybe they'll address that in the next episode. I mean, they had to have the reunion. Like, that's what was more important, right? <laughs> Is to see everyone sitting at, at the table and have none of the Titan crew with them. <laughs> hmm. Like, they just didn't care about the Titan crew anymore. So, <laughs> anyway, We could just have a,
0: a another nemesis moment where, uh, so as Emily predicts, like one of the original TNG cast will die and then they'll just be stepping over the bodies of everyone else (laughs) and be like, damn, I'm really sad about, like, Worf or whoever
3: it is. Oh, man.
2: All right. So, okay, to to your point, Emily, we we see Jack and Picard and Beverly dealing with how to solve this problem of Vadik taking out crew members until Jack shows up to the bridge. And we also have Shaw and... Seven arguing a little on the bridge in the midst of this crisis.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead, Bill. <laughs> Shaw is
2: just always
1: like smarmy, or like he, you know, <laughs> he never lets up, right? He's kind of true to character. Yeah, th- ah. they're not going to make him suddenly not be an asshole uh, no. because he had some character
0: development mid-season. Uh, no. So I, I, while while it does like suck to hear him, uh, like we didn't. maybe we will get that moment where he says commander seven at some Mm -hmm. point in this, this season. Uh, It was not going to be this
2: time.
3: I'm glad that she stood up for herself though.
2: Yeah. 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 And I mean, his, his whole, the whole crux of his annoyance was that she didn't blow him up in the turbo lift, which just like Picard and Beverly uh, not being willing to sacrifice Jack seven wasn't willing to sacrifice the captain. And I think in this situation, too, he's right. You yeah. know, what? I
3: just thought of something. You know, that's probably true. I just thought of something else. Um, the captain has had the experience of being chosen to live while a whole bunch of his fellow crewmates died um, at Wolf 359. And this was kind of his opportunity to be the one mm. to die so that a bunch of his crewmates could live. So I, it just dawned on me right yeah, then. And, she, that and she took
0: that away from him and, she, and, and yeah. then, and then uh,
3: he had to watch. I
0: feel like probably 20 people died uh, uh, since that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I, I, I mean, we didn't really see it and she, it was just sort of like a, Oh, I'm going to close off their future or what, what, whatever it was that uh, she was that, saying. Yeah. And then, it's just like kind of off screen. We kill everyone that was in that hallway, but, um,
3: that was didn't... horrifying stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, 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 it got, uh, I mean, not that there weren't like other dark moments or whatnot, but, um,
2: yeah. I mean, it has never definitely... been like oh. much darker stuff in, in Star Trek before.
3: I had some pretty grim stuff in Discovery.
2: Yeah, season 3 episode or season
0: 1 episode 3 yeah, of uh, Discovery grim. uh with the uh the Glen with all mm-hmm. the uh twisted up bodies of everyone oh, in yeah. that ship.
3: You know, the I so I don't like violence really like i don't really want to watch violence and the scene on the bridge when she's getting ready to execute one of them yeah that was a lot of me not looking i mean like literally have my hands like oh i don't want to see what she's gonna do here you know like i just it was that was stressful and the parts where they're all running and screaming and all like you know when she's taking away different things and they're showing people in the hallway that was horrifying and
0: yeah and i i mean honestly more i mean maybe it's weird for me to think of it as like more extreme than other things that she's done, but she she's had a surprising amount of restraint uh, uh, throughout the season in terms of like, she could have just like killed everybody multiple times uh, and is instead gone for like kind of maybe devastating damage, but hasn't done a whole lot of like just straight up murdering people for no reason. And the that whole hallway situation just felt like, she wasn't convincing Picard and Jack any more than she was. Uh, maybe partly because she she uh, wasn't thinking about how Picard doesn't actually care about anyone who's not uh, a named character <laughs> under his command. <laughs> but...
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that was her whole. Like she'd just been like, "Crew of the Titan, have you not watched the Next Generation? He doesn't care about anybody who's not on the main credits." It's
1: yeah. <laughs> a good impression,
2: not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm anyway. actually Amanda Palmer. I'm a changeling. Like I played that. I thought uh, so for a
1: second.
0: <laughs> I forgot I was, to ask yeah. you
2: the questions ahead of time. <clears throat> <laughs> well, okay. So the the other thing that we see is Jack telling his parents about the the fact that he can take over bodies, mm-hmm. and Sydney corroborating it.
0: Yeah. And I, I guess we got confirmation that this is not a normal uh, 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 symptom of aromatic syndrome because uh, <laughs> Picard wasn't like, "Oh yeah, I can do that too." Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's like old hat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you think I'm such such a great captain? <laughs>
3: But it's also clearly something that Jack has just recently discovered he can do. Like, I didn't get so, the feeling that he knew he could do that before what happened with Sydney in the.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, in the yeah. turbo lift I, and
3: then in the hallway. I,
0: I I could see this being something where because he's like a, a super charismatic guy, kind of Han it around and also getting himself out of like really dangerous situations a number of times. I could see it being possible that he has done this before, but maybe didn't really process what was happening um but not 100 sure on that
3: i am still getting Paul wraith vibes are you uh, all getting Paul wraith vibes uh,
0: it's i mean it's
2: it's gold Ducat is behind the door right okay, I okay, mean... okay, okay yo, hold up hold up <laughs> before we go there bill you had something about well
1: i was just gonna ask what what everyone thinks it is that's going and on it's like the, there's
2: there's fire behind
1: the door
0: because you can see it glowing through the keyhole well, I felt, they're gonna yeah. open it up And it's like, it's got to be like, uh, uh, some sort of, uh, it's going to be a, um, sorry, I just got pizza delivered to me. I promise (laughs) I will not eat it on the podcast, (laughs) but, um, the The keyhole
3: and fire through the door and, or,
0: yeah. So that like there's fire through the door. I don't remember what I was saying.
3: Can I say something about the the keyhole, though? Well, if you maybe can grab it back from wherever it is in your brain. Yeah. That also gave me vibes from season two of Picard, because you had a lot of focus on the keyhole when his mother goes into the room, like they lock his mom in a room uh, so that she can't hurt herself. And then he gets the key out and gives her the keys that she is able to leave the room and ultimately die. Yeah.
0: So that, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, that's, that's a, that's a great parallel. Um, so I, I wonder how, uh, if that was intentional too, cause that's, that's a really interesting thing, but I, I feel like the darkness, like the darkness is really what sort of like got me on like, Oh, there's like a particular person who's behind this door and it's going to be Gold ducat like in his fire cave shit going on. Uh, and it, like, I, I don't know who, who is the if, if we've we've heard the pitch that this is like the sequel to Deep Space Nine from Terry Metallus before, like the sequel to Deep Space Nine has to have like one Deep of the Space most nine
3: person in it. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it has to have any of them in it. But also like Gul Dukat is like the most developed villain that Star Trek has ever had.
1: Yeah, That's he's going to be so. In.
2: I think that the person that Vadic has been talking to is yes. actually those. TNG, you know those those people with the garden that wanted to punish Vesley. The and Edo? Like, yeah, <laughs> from <there are> no <laughs> clues. They're like, it's time to take her revenge.
3: You know, I was listening to a podcast while I was mowing earlier today, and one of the people he doesn't really think that this is what it is, but he posited this theory. That's so cool that actually Vatic is just talking to herself, like that's just like, she just cuts off a part of her hand. It turns into a thing because there are multiple, uh. there's this thought that there might be other personalities that are at play within Vatic, And that's why she talks the way she does sometimes. And, you know, like declares who she is. And like, there's just a whole lot of obviously trauma that Vatic has endured and that that could be, and, and that she, um, is, you know, acting out of that trauma, but maybe at her core isn't someone who goes and seeks vengeance and wants to do all of these things. And that, but then there's that representation of herself that really wants to seek vengeance. Mm. And that's the part Mm. that she's scared of. Anyway, I'm sure that's not what it is, but how cool. That's kind of a cool. there
0: There are some hints, at least in her dialogue a few times where I felt like there were references to there being multiple identities in her uh-huh. or something like that. Uh-huh. The only reason, the only thing that makes me think it's not that is that we just shattered her into a million pieces yeah. and apparently she's I dead. Know. Yeah, And, then uh, and I feel like, like we're not just going to be like, oh, there's like the, but it can't was the other be... side of her because that's
1: also so,
3: dead. Can't she be like the T-1000 though, where then like once heat hits her, then she kind of comes back together and you know. Well, and... yeah.
1: So I, so could we just pause on this for a second? Do you think she's really dead? Or I mean, can a, can't a changeling just kind of like recoalesce yeah. and I, I, yeah. I,
0: I wouldn't have thought she was dead if they hadn't blown up the shit. That's the true, ship they did right next the ship. to her like they I think uh. they intentionally like I, I mean they could have made it a bit more explicit by having her like go into the deflector dish and then her bits get vaporized after they're like that but it's just I, I don't know mm-hmm. I, I think they did that so that we can be like no for sure she's dead please don't bring her back in a comic uh, or in the next season of whatever show that shows up <laughs>
1: I think they could still bring her back, dude.
2: Yeah, I, I think, think they left to the open. Yeah. I I didn't I didn't like that they didn't deal with that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to tell you all that you all are like very alone in this theory department. Everybody else that I've seen is convinced it's the Borg. Like I I, think, well, I,
0: I, I, think, I think I think that her thing way. could be the Borg. I think yeah. his thing is I think he has Goldukat and it's going to be like a look how complex Gold Dukat is because he's uh, helping Starfleet this time. The Borg
2: assimilated the pirates. it Turns out the Borg are truly unstoppable. They can like take over gods. Um, no, I so so just just to go on on this topic and yeah, I think your theories are very reasonable. I hope they're true personally because I don't. I'm not super excited about the Borg thing, but basically it's because they they showed in this episode when they when Worf, Deanna, and Riker find Picard's body with Raffi, they, they, the 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 Changelings yeah. took out one of his lobes. His parietal bat- lobe. Parietal lobe. And then S- Vadik also on the bridge, when when Seven decides not to go and hide in the briefing room with the rest of the Titan Bridge crew, she says it's kind of poetic that you're here as well for this. And that's when they're talking about Jack's like special stuff.
3: Yes. No, I thought that that made me think borg because i'm like there's clearly and also yeah. the other thing that made me think borg and that maybe it could be all of them who knows but um the um because you know there's like 65 easter eggs in every episode so um <laughs> but uh the other thing that made me think borg is that um not amanda vatic i mean her name is amanda <laughs> in real life but <laughs> vatic was talking about um the voices like like or you've been alone you haven't had you know you've you've been isolated for so long and now Mm. talking about the voices in her head. And that's something that seven definitely experienced when Mm. she was severed from the collective. She felt so alone. That was something that was really hard for her to work through. Um, And anyway, so I I definitely there were little uh, breadcrumbs posted or scattered for that. And
0: and it's interesting because like that's also it's still a good pitch for like it could not be the Borg, but she could just be referencing that she knows that Seven has had voices in her head. So it's one of those things where I I like it because it it could either
2: be laying the groundwork or it's just a good connection to her past. So here's here's another piece in minute one, one thirty five seconds or at the third, one minute, 35 second mark of episode one, Captain Picard's log from Best of Both Worlds is playing with, I don't want to set the world on fire in the background, right? Mm-hmm. He says, I have no explanation for their special interest in me, which is just like Vadics special interest in Jack. Yeah. And so that's the the key. And and the song also transfers to when we, when we switch to Picard's study in that episode, the song keeps playing. So it's I, I i what i'm reading is showing it's there's some compelling borg vibe so i'm just preparing you guys for the that explanation yeah. no I I, <laughs> I I
0: i mean yeah because the thing is like they they took his parietal lobe uh and his parietal uh so uh in in best of both worlds um so i clicked on parietal lobe in uh memory alpha but uh, Beverly Crusher detected increased neural activity localized in Picard's prefrontal and parietal lobes. Uh, this was due to Picard's humanity reasserting itself after his assimilation by the Borg. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that there's a, another reference to... Um, uh, yeah, so she just found a, a small structural defect in Picard's parietal lobe that could lead to a number of related neurological disorders and syndrome, including Eremotic syndrome. And I think uh, later on, um, I thought there was something to do with a parietal lobe. With I, I mean, the parietal lobes are just like, it's it's the one part of the brain that the Star Trek writers learned about. Uh, <laughs> so they just talk about it all the time. This could be <laughs> setting up the binar, because when a binar was, is born, a surgeon removes the child's parietal lobe and replaces it with a synaptic processor.
2: Oh, snap. So we're going to get the binar back. Oh, oh my gosh, synapt. we're getting everything. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, let's we're gonna find out next week. Hopefully, next week's episode actually shows us something with Jack rather than being like one more scene of him going towards the door or something. Um and, and we'll see. But we also have in this episode, we, we saw Jack taking over Mura and Sin Mura on the bridge to try and enter that code, which I thought was some seriously like thrilling stuff. Yeah. Uh, where yeah. where he's like they put almost putting in the bridge over it. That was intense.
1: Yeah. And that what sense in Murrow's first name?
2: Uh it's like something me, English. I it's like Stephen or something.
1: Which it I thought is, was weird for a Bajoran. Matthew. Okay.
2: Matthew Arles Mura. Okay. Yeah, he I mean he could be half human or something like that. He uh he got sent to boarding school in England. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so that was, that was kind of intense. Also, that whole sequence with like them, Vatic picking a bridge officer to kill was pretty crazy. Like, it was just, yeah. It was super intense. Like, it was really grim, man. Like, this whole, I mean, i said it before, but like, I was very grimmed out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, especially like you, you could, uh, uh, yeah. It just, it, seeing seeing how everyone was reacting to it was just, Oof, super yeah. chilling. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: I felt like they were in real jeopardy. And this is something, you know, in yeah. 90s Trek, they were never in, right? Because you would know that at the end of the episode, they would just be back on the bridge and everything would yeah, be okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's still basically the deal. But actually, characters could die, you know? <laughs> like main yeah, characters, yeah. you know, like we were just discussing. So I, f- I felt like some real jeopardy, which was, you know, it was an interesting um, trajectory for the episode. Like it starts out like... You know things are looking pretty good they have this good like plan with the uh, force fields to trap everyone and then lore screws it up right like the plan was working until lore yeah. took over and then things get really dark the uh, you know tables turn Faddock mm-hmm. takes over the ship and then you know they have to rely on data um to get everything back so and and then uh you know as we were discussing um Troy has to you know help Jack so so anyway my point is that like they've really found a way to let all the main characters have something important to do so far this season
0: yeah they really have
1: um something really material uh and I I think yeah Metallus deserves credit for that
0: <laughs> yeah because and that's that's one of the things they talked about with um Gates McFadden was just like she's like kind of not really in the movies except to like set up maybe a scene or something like that occasionally. Yeah. And it, it does feel like each, each one has had an impactful part of at least one episode uh, in this season, but often like having multiple interactions throughout. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, uh, speaking of data and lore, let's go on to that piece where, our heroes decide that they need, like, I think it's Sydney who says something like, "We'd need an AI to like break this encryption, capable and, of doing ninety trillion operations a second It's like, I wonder who that like. could be referencing. Like, where is this leading? I have no idea. Terry Metalis, you've confused me. <laughs> and then, of course, we end up with uh, them going and meeting Jordi and Alandra. Which introduces us introduces us to the idea that nobody fucking likes Chateau Picard. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I do like
0: this theory that Chateau Picard is bad. That he's he doesn't know anything about making wine because his whole family died, and he's just he's just been like in Starfleet. And so he didn't learn it from, <laughs> from anybody because his brother was the one who actually, like, kept the business going. Uh, so he's
1: just... It makes sense.
0: What would Picard just do Just like a, a bad homebrewer.
2: <laughs> That's hilarious. There's a, there's a great meme on uh, Reddit. Which, by the way, there's some, there, honestly, there's been a lot of people posting different variations of the... Picard turns to someone on the Titan Bridge and says, why is it so dark here? And it's like, the other person, usually Seven of Nine, is like, we can turn on some lights. How many lights would you have turned on Captain Picard? <laughs> and then, like, I think it's the same person who then built this thing where Seven and Tuvok are talking, and Seven's like, do you like Shadow Picard? And Tuvok is like, I would prefer Neelix's Leola Root Soup to Shadow Picard. <laughs> <laughs> That's like how we tell whether someone is a changeling. is whether they like that. <laughs> uh... Well, um, that was that was pretty great, and um, so we get to this whole data and lore situation. And I know we've we've kind of skipped over a little bit of Deanna Riker things, but I think it makes sense to deal with that whole piece uh, in in a single in a single chunk, but. So this was, I mean, the big reveal, right? Like, we, we've we talked about the partition between Data and Lore. Like, what's going to happen? Like, hey, Data died in season one. Like, what? how do we reconcile all of this? And so what do you all think about this whole se- dream sequence that occurs with Lore and, and Data kind of fighting each other? Lore wins, but then, oh, wait, Data's actually won.
0: I mean, uh, the moment that they mentioned that there was a a partition between them i kind of was like oh they're gonna take the partition down and they're gonna become a single person so I, I i think it was kind of like a i they had said that a few episodes ago so i was kind of like okay we're just gonna do that and
1: uh,
0: I, I i mean it's good that, that we had callbacks to things or whatever but I, at least for, for me it was just kind of like a um i don't know i it just it, it felt a little bit sort of awkward and like i kind of like had to watch it kind of feeling i don't know yeah
1: i mean we knew how it was going to turn out right we knew that in the end data would be victorious and would you know kind of gain control of the body but i do think it was better i'm glad they had something right they had some um kind of challenge that had to be overcome because they could have Mm -hmm. just like said oh we found some like you know, memory file of data and we just downloaded it into a new positronic body and he's back or so you know, I, they could have yeah, yeah. done it in a very straightforward kind of cheap way. And I feel like with the way they've done it here, even though it was kind of predictable, at least there was some origin yeah. story or some challenge that data had to overcome to, to come back. Yeah.
0: I, I think that's fair. And, and, and even though like I, I wasn't a huge fan of the scene, it was just, it wasn't that much of the episode, so it's like it's yeah. okay that I I I wasn't as into it.
2: So let me let me come in here with the polar opposite. View. Well, not quite polar. Um, I didn't like the direction of mm. the scene, mm. but the concept was freaking amazing. Like I I was bowled over with how like how Data overcame Lore. Like, of course, it's mm. the memories that yeah. make Data who he is. And, and then we got to see Tasha Yar, and like I legit teared up when we saw Spot. Like I, like when Data says the stuff he yeah. says about Spot, like the best, Like I forget the exact line, but he's basically like, this is the best thing about my life and taught me how to love. Like that's, I mean, that's my cat, right? Like who's her right here? You can't see with the virtual background, but like, that's how I feel about my cat. It was like so relatable. And like, yeah. of course, like on the one hand, yes, it's like, it's a, it's a discovery style. It was love all along. <laughs> Solution, but in this case, it kind of worked, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Um, so, so for me, that was that was a big, amazing, like, oh my god, kind of moment. Mm-hmm. What I didn't like was the whole like, oh, the red dots are taking over. Laura's taken over, like, oh, and now the like green dot, the blue dots are coming back and like taking over. Like, it was just that was kind of trite, and so I didn't really like the direction there. But yeah, the concept itself, I. I thought it was actually really beautiful.
0: Yeah, maybe that is kind of what where I'm where my frustration in, in it was. Um, but yeah, I I just I didn't I didn't have a good way of putting it together until you just no. said it now. So Not, do you, I, I also do you... maybe like one one addition is like I feel like it should have turned green or something. Like it should it, if it was because it isn't that it's now data. It's that it's both data and lore. But like it turned it turned got rid of all the red dots to replace it with data dots. And now everyone just calls them data. And then sometimes it's like, oh, but I also have some other stuff in there too. And I feel I feel like it, it would, I don't know.
1: But I think that is the Let deal. It's both. not like they like blended 50-50. It's like data kind of took control, but integrated, you know, it's like data, data with a personality yeah. right now is the deal now. Um, so what, okay, first, like Notch, do you ever tell your cat that it's a pretty cat and a good cat? <laughs> You
2: guys don't know that, but uh, data like, I think a we're talking about yes, how many times a day that a this cat. happens, rather than. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, yeah, no, um, that was amazing,
1: amazing. <clears throat> um, what? uh yeah. What was I going to say? So or worth Oh yeah, okay. Data's new personality. What do you guys think? Like the jokes and stuff when he was doing I, the PA I, th- I thought
0: I was a little sad that we brought that we brought back the, the contractions thing because like, they've no,
2: literally so never paid attention to that yeah. ever yeah. Um, but I I, guess, mm. I don't know it kind of seems like data from Nemesis like I don't see like he's that different from like the emotion chip data you know so maybe right, we'll find yeah. out a little bit more about how it like practically changes things beyond the contractions mm-hmm. point but like I am just, again, I saw this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. I'm just glad we got Brent Spiner back. Like, Data is back to experience this. Mm-hmm. So we haven't, like, left one member of the crew inexplicably out of the reunion. And that I'm really, really glad we have a canon explanation for why he looks old.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> the, it, if, if Picard, it, it, like, season one, two, and three have given us anything, it is canon explanations for why every actor in it is old (laughs) it's like the first thing they deal with every time they come on the screen whoopi goldberg's like by the way i decided to become
2: old that's why i look (laughs) like this now don't worry about it (laughs) What, what did you think bill of the new personality i
1: i don't know the the jokes were a little bit you know the monologuing protoplasm. I guess that was funny, but I just don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm ambivalent about it. I, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like generations did it better. Uh, like where we we have him like experimenting with some some jokes and. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like did, did have, like dealing with the the the. Tr- I don't know. Having him go haywire from like adopting the emotions and and whatnot. And like in in Nemesis or not in Nemesis, in first contact, we got to uh, see him like relish in anger and, and, and things like that against the, the Borg. And it just I don't know. I, I, I feel like we, we've I, I didn't think of Data as like not having a personality before, but I don't know. We'll see.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think this is where I think with Data's monologue, that kind of signaled this tonal shift of this episode, where I was like, people have died. Like, when we're kidding around. Like, what the hell? I, I don't know. It just was like happy music starts, and I don't think yeah. it actually started, but it, it just like shifted mm-hmm. the tone, which is like my big beef, as I said earlier. Uh, So, before we get there, though, now we have to deal with Riker and Deanna on the Shrike, and it turns out that they have some serious marital problems that they need to talk about. And they're hashing it out in a you know, prison cell as you do in Star Trek. And <laughs> turns out Riker is great and bad, bad at making pizza. Uh <laughs> and they both hate living in pentay. turns out.
1: Surprised
0: yeah, they didn't talk about it, that it, it did feel a little bit tongue in cheek of like that that they <clears throat> Yeah, like that they know about uh I mean it's it's like Referencing uh, like a trend that's happening in the early 2000s of like hipsters uh, like having prairie living type situations, which like they're not going to know about that 400 or 400 years in the future. But
2: (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I. I think it's also interesting that like Deanna knows when it's a changeling or not, like she's able to tell. Which so it, I, is oh, it, it, a good a pitch storm. for
0: her being a changeling. But uh, I, I I, think since we have that scene in the end of the episode, she's probably not a changeling. They probably wouldn't do that to us. Uh, that would be brutal. Especially, I, especially like with the fans complaining, like <laughs> why didn't we get to see Deanna Troy any of this? <laughs> We It turns out we never actually do. And that's what Terry Metallus was talking she,
2: about. She's been dead the whole time. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, yeah it, I,
1: it doesn't really make sense with canon right i mean because if betazoids could identify changelings then they should have been doing that all along during the dominion war i can let that instead of having the different protocols it. it'd be
0: well it, i mean it would also mean that the changelings would probably kill all the betazoids and replace them as like step one uh, of infiltrating in the Starfleet instead of going after their
1: transport officers. Yeah, but, but I always thought, like, changelings were pretty rare. I don't know. I mean, maybe in the Great Length, yeah. there's, like, billions. And I think but... there's...
0: <clears throat> well, but it, it, in, it seemed like there were only, like, maybe 10 in Daystrom Station or something, unless... Yeah. what it, it, it's, it's a bit confusing the way they shot that scene where she maybe kills... Uh, uh, Whatever doctor, did we did we get a name of that doctor that she made herself look like? That Vatic made herself look like? I don't know.
2: Um, I I looked this up while you're talking. Uh, so there's
0: a moment where she like throws her tendrils through her back, and then that person drops, and Vatic rises up looking like them. Which Mm -hmm. kind of gave me the thought of like, did you just get infected with a changeling, and you are that doctor? in which case like she can replicate herself because she, she also says that line about I, I think she was talking about other changelings but she said that she has the ability to interface with i, I think she was meaning other changelings and t- giving them a shorter lifespan but the ability to mimic humans perfectly yeah. but another reading of that could be that she could do that to humans and turn them into changelings but I, I, don't I, I, so. I don't think that's what they were intending.
2: No, I think but... I think they were just... She was just coming into the form. And, yeah. and we don't... That scientist doesn't have a name. It's an unnamed scientist for memory alpha. So, okay. The other thing that happens in the strike is Worf rescues Riker and Troy, which leads to, again, some jokes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> which I thought, Bill, you might have enjoyed this <clears throat> specifically quite a lot because of your Wharf lore. Oh, yeah. I
1: love it. I forget what he said exactly, but he's basically like you know really connecting with you know I mean, he was, troy he, and it, yeah
0: yeah he was, he was getting into some klingon poetry with with her which it seemed <laughs> like i was definitely on Riker's side of like inappropriate
2: yeah that <laughs> was, was like awesome. is the torture yeah. continuing
1: that was awesome i thought it was very like <laughs> self-aware of terry Metallus because i always thought that that like troy wharf relationship from season seven of TNG was pretty dumb like didn't didn't the actors like precipitate it they were like hey we we had this great idea we think Worf and Troy should have a relationship um so yeah it never really fit in yeah, and then the, exactly. and then Troy just gets married to Riker like in what which movie is that I don't know it happens pretty quickly so so the so yeah, the love sucks. triangle is kind of awkward already is my point point. and so I think they were kind of playing into that
2: Yeah, no, totally. And, I mean, also, uh, props to uh, Deanna and Raffi when they're in the Shrike and the, the, the camera's focused on two of them and Raffi and Deanna are like, Raffi, I'm Deanna. So it's like, crazy, huh? Yeah, tell me about it. And it's like, it's really funny. Yeah. Um, also, we get to see naked Picard with a strategically placed loincloth because, you know, changelings right. really care about dongs uh, being visible on camera. <laughs> <laughs> they, they start...
0: I mean, there, there are. I'm trying to remember which which episode was that. Maybe the same episode where where Worf got the idea of um, uh, that he should get involved with with Troy because uh, he uh, is that parallels. No, essentially, there's an episode where he he gets like thrown into a bunch of different quantum realities, and uh, we see different versions of the Enterprise. And I think one of them is like Geordi is dead or is maybe uh in some uh, undergoing some sort of treatment in the sick bay. and in one of them he has like a full blanket on top of him. and then in other ones it's like for some reason he's got a single square uh over his private parts as because like that version of the future is uh not worried about modesty except kind of i, I don't know I, I remember that being it may have been the wrong episode but i that for some reason that's like vividly in my mind the idea of for some reason Uh, there is a version of sick bay where everyone goes in and they just put a single hand towel over your junk and (laughs) that's it
2: (laughs) oh star trek um well we our our friends go from the shrike over to the titan and they we also this is around the time when data is taking over the ship again and then Basically, Data has this cool monologue, but before that, I guess I should mention Jack goes up onto the bridge holding this grenade, and it's like kind of like awkwardly like holding it out and like, oh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll hit the buttons. Very strange. Vadic says, "Oh, okay. This clearly means I should dismiss the rest of the Titan crew." And seven six around. There's a bunch of Vadik confirming to Jack that there is something weird happening, but annoyingly not telling us any details. But she mentions the red door, which. Yeah. I think they did a good job of making us a little unsure of whether Jack was going to, like, go with her. Like, there were, there were definitely moments where I was like, did she just turn Jack? Like, is this... Uh, and then, But then it turns out, no, he's been holding a, a portable shield generator this whole time. And that when uh, Data opens the the emergency hatch on the bridge and Vadik and her henchmen get pulled out into this vacuum of space, uh, Jack and Seven are safe. Which, uh, I
0: mean, props to finding something that would make the bridge just randomly announce unknown d- device detected because uh, th- that really clinched the, the whole
2: thing. <laughs> I I enjoyed the when Harrison Ford showed up and was like, get off my plane, uh, Air Force <laughs> One style. <laughs> but that was I mean, that was, it was kind of funny with Seven of Nine, although I was like, it's not your bridge, technically, it's it's captain shaw's bridge but okay we'll take it it's fine it's kind of cool it's badass seven shaw yeah. get off my bridge and then uh Badic saying oh fucking solids <laughs>
1: yeah, that was a good line yeah uh yeah,
2: yeah. It,
0: i i i i could i did feel myself a little bit sad though is i i it i i mean i i guess we got that like you, you need to have your your villain go down in some sort of like unique way often it is like falling off the bridge or or into the nuclear reactor or wh- whatever kind of situation but like i i'm kind of sad that we don't have Vatic around anymore i was it was a really compelling villain so we're we're replacing them we're replacing her with something else which is maybe yeah uh, some combo of gold Dukat and uh, a Borg queen or something like that. Borg golden. Which, I, at least the, the other thing to the other thing to, to to note is I'm I think the voice that we hear before we go into the red door is either Beverly Crusher or it is it could potentially be a Borg queen or just a woman of some sort. But it, it just like it, it sounds like Beverly's voice. Uh, it does.
2: I think it is, it is Gates Mac- McFadden voicing yeah. that. That so I, I
0: I think it's there's possibly going to be something. But that doesn't explain the darkness it's like uh- oh we've had a changeling uh Beverly the whole time and the real one is trapped inside her son's mind no in a no,
2: fire no. cave no no I think I think there's some weird stuff happening with nanoprobes. Um or or something of the sort maybe it's a power it's like you guys said I I, I guess but before we go there I want to ask like, what you Bill what did you think of Vadik's death because I, I I don't know how I feel about it yet her like floating in slowly freezing and then breaking into like a bajillion pieces like I I was kind of hoping for a little bit more of like a cathartic ending than yeah. like oh, one oh, I minute I like she's in charge the next minute she's like you know dead. Yeah, they just kill her.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's the big reveal that, um, like, Starfleet did some, like, basically medical war crimes in, um, you know, in their experiments on the on Vadek and yeah. the other Changelings. And so that, you know, adds some more emotional and moral complexity to the situation. But Vadic as a character, yeah, there really isn't—she's she, pretty— Inert, right? And, and and then they just kill her, yeah. But I, I mean, I think it depends yeah. on what they do with the big bad in the next two episodes. Yeah. Um, so that so that guy so far has been like a Star Wars villain. You know, like what was what was the guy? And is it Snope in the new Star Wars? This so bad. Snope, what was yeah, that? Yeah. What was Snope? Like that's honestly. Well, some I hope lots of people got fired for that one. Um, <clears throat> so so far we've had like a Snope. Basically, and so I hope it turns out to be a real character. Like, I I actually wouldn't be shocked if it was Ducat. Um, so I I think it, I think it hinges on on what happens
2: with that guy next. Yeah, let's let's. I mean, it's probably just going to be Palpatine's clone, right? Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So from there, we now pitch pivot into the reunion scene around the bridge table, which I mean, come on. Like you have to have a heart of like not just lead, but like inert lead that's like ended its half life or whatever if it that didn't affect you. You know? Like that was was beautiful. Everyone in their uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Which Uh,
0: yeah, it, it it is one of those like well, yeah, there are some clunky things getting everyone there, but th- like they need that needed to happen.
3: <laughs> that
0: yeah, was the hurdle for like the pitch
2: of this season. Yeah, yeah. And then Warf being like, I I thought about sending the the severed heads of my enemies, but I was told that, <laughs> that would be passive aggressive. <laughs> 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 I mean, he's not been very pacifist. I'm just saying, okay, like he said, no. like I'm a pacifist now. <laughs> he really hasn't been showing it. Maybe more, this more is more pacifism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was hilarious, though. Um, Worf is now a captain. Data is now the officially the lowest ranked person uh, yeah. at commander. And and, uh, and Jordy Jordy is can the order her own.
1: Right. Yeah, Geordi leapfrogged yeah. Um, Riker.
2: <clears throat> yeah, he yeah. should give Riker some orders. uh well and then deanna decides to go and help out with jack which is i think a good use of her character and also like she acknowledges tng vibes or whatnot with that very much so right and and we get the like her being like hey this isn't exactly a normal counseling session so (laughs) we're not pretending but uh I, I yeah. think it's also
0: like maybe that's part of why they killed Tavine is uh in, in terms of like exploring someone's mind directly. Like the obvious person to go to is the Vulcan mm. uh, and not the empath who can't actually read thoughts. um But I, I, I suppose that the thing is like she is because she's an empath. She's maybe more capable of helping him deal with the trauma of what's behind the door. And it, we're actually using his ability to do telepathy, which is how she is able to visualize it along with him
2: but, Ooh, uh, i did not got yeah. on to that that's a good th- thank you for that explanation i had not kept up with that i did not understand how she got to see what he was seeing and i i did think it was kind of cool for it to be the reason he's not opened the doors because he's afraid rather than it being something silly like i just can't or whatever that he's been mm. able to do it this whole time and just hasn't i thought that was really neat
0: yeah yeah I mean, if if you think of it, like every time we show one of his visions, like they're absolutely terrifying. So it like it it makes sense why he would be just afraid to go at that door and whatnot. And it's possible that like, yeah, as he approaches it, he just gets so terrified that he gets knocked out of like whatever the trance is that's happening.
2: Yeah, well, hopefully he actually opens the door in the next episode and it's not just him holding a doorknob again uh I, the the weird thing is that's that's literally what the uh the preview
0: is is just that exact same scene again so i don't understand <laughs> okay
2: well we'll find out
1: dude if if they don't show us what's going on with jack in the next like the first 15 minutes of the next episode i'm gonna be pissed They've
2: yeah. they've dragged that on like yeah, it it is it point. is their
0: right <clears throat> angel uh, of this season for sure. And Which is funny really be because reveal.
2: early on we were all like, "Wow, they're answering our questions right away." There's no like, and th- they've suspense. done that
0: for the vast majority of everything. Yeah. And, and it's often like when you the 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 question that you most have is the thing that's answered the next episode. The only exceptions have been, I think, last episode was like, "We'll find out what you are, Jack," and we did not find out what you are, Jack. Maybe next time.
2: Maybe next yeah. time. All right, well, any other final points before we go on to ratings?
1: Um, Notch, earlier in our discussion, you said that this could have been two episodes that yeah. they crammed a lot in, and I, th- I think that's a good point. I just wanted to point out that in the first two seasons of Picard, it was always the opposite problem. It was like they had written like a six-episode miniseries and they needed to stretch it to 10 mm. Yeah. Um, had and to put so in the pacing is just so much better in this yeah. season.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. No, like, I'm I'm not, like, uh, missing what's come before. I just think that this episode could have done, like, for example, if we'd given Vadik a little bit more, like, struggle before she dies or, like, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. a little bit more time spent yeah. on understanding Vadik's motivations or a little bit more payoff in the death scene there. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of thing where... It would have been good also like having the crew at the end of this episode spend like 15 minutes taking stock of the horror that's been inflicted on them before we all move yeah. on and chop what's everyone back on the bridge come on everybody let's get back to work and then the TNG crew are all like happy in the briefing room and you're like uh guys like you're Cap- Admiral Picard your son like experienced getting killed like firsthand <laughs> you know uh, and so I just feel like we didn't get to like deal with that, which is this, this series is, this season has done better than a lot of other Star Trek. So it's just a bit mm-hmm. of a shame, but don't get me wrong. This is like, a this is like, uh, a, a slight knock. It's not like a, a yeah, showstopper yeah. for me at yeah, all. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the points. I'm, I'm just saying that it's like such a contrast to the previous two seasons
1: <clears throat> that they're kind of, well, it turns out
2: next episode, yeah. they're going to be on a casino planet for the entire episode playing crash. <laughs> well,
1: those are my favorite. I love those episodes
2: because <laughs> the car dresses in the pimp, pimp outfit again
0: We have to do something with the remaining 36 hours until uh uh <laughs> frontier day
2: right oh actually you know who the big bad is it's actually rios he was like why did not you guys try to convince me harder to come back with you it was a really bad decision <laughs> to stay behind uh, as he died in the nuclear
0: fires of World War III, his his body, his mind transcended into another plane of
2: existence, uh, yep. which allowed him to exist until now. Exactly. All right. Any other final points about this episode? All right. Let's move on to strange new ratings. Which one of you would like to stick your neck out and give surrender a rating?
0: I. I I think I'm going to go ahead and just give this one, I think the lowest rating that I've given for any episode this, this season, which is a a seven. It just, it felt sloppy in a few ways. Part of that is it sort of like I, I important scene between Troy and Riker. It, it felt like it was a, oh shit, we wrote all these lines for Deanna Troy and she's only in two episodes. So we gotta, we gotta do them now. Um, and yeah, it, it just, yeah, a, a, a little upset about Vadax' death scene and and not not getting quite the the payoff that I wanted. I I don't know exactly how I would would have changed it. I but I I, I think part of me is just sad that she isn't the big bad because she she's such a good villain. Uh, but we'll 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 see what happens with the the follow up.
2: I'm gonna, I am gonna go with a seven and a half. I'm thinking I'm with hmm. you. I was like thinking about an eight. But uh, I think I think seven and a half fits a little bit better. I think if this had been two episodes, it would be two like nine out of ten episodes. But the clash kind of took me from like an eight eight and a half mm. to a, a seven and a half.
1: Yeah, I'll
2: give it an eight. I mean, I love the overall arc with like
1: them setting a trap for the bad guys and then the bad guys turning the tables. Um, mm. I like the exploration of Jack's character. I guess the, the Riker and Troy stuff I thought was kind of f- formulaic, but that was fine. But they didn't tell us who Jack is. Mm. So that's my main objection. <clears throat> uh, also, for some reason, you can stab a changeling
0: and kill them now, uh, which is weird. Or like have that hurt them at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: or yeah, like, just that, punch them. I'm, yeah.
1: I'm,
2: I'm, I'm buying that as like a they've taken on, they've evolved to take on so much human physiology that yeah, it, that's it's fair. like they fall. Like even in the previous episode, you shoot them, they fall and then you have to like vaporize them. Otherwise they heal. So maybe we just off screen. Worf was like pshh, to the person he like, uh well, he, they,
0: they, he did do that. So I, I think they were purposely showing Worf vaporizing okay. each of them afterward. But yeah, it, so that that okay. is a fair point. I, okay. I think I accept that.
2: We're all good now perfect all right then we can end the episode all right well thanks bill thanks adam for joining me to discuss this episode also thanks emily who some of you may have noticed didn't contribute more beyond like maybe the first 20 minutes because she had to leave to go do some work stuff uh so thank thanks so much. as well for joining to discuss this episode yeah thank you adam and thanks rudy whoever you are whatever it is you're doing i hope it's a great time can't wait to hear how you're finding the rest of the season so far And thank you, Jishnu Guha, for recording our theme music. We very much appreciate you strumming away on the Klingon theme. Thank you, dear listener, for making time to listen to our podcast each week. We're at 144 episodes. It's been a great journey so far. Uh, New Star Trek coming soon, so we'll have to explore even more further as we go through this year. And then finally, uh, special thanks this week to the background actors and this is another genuine special thanks for the bridge crew actors really did a great job of conveying their fear oh, yeah. like i was like so scared for all of them uh we've got a really talented cast here uh paramount plus you got you got to commission that titan show come on now
0: yeah they I did, they they were incredible for for almost unnamed characters
2: also uh, spe- fake special thanks to the Titan crew from Loradex. I don't know what all of you did to get transferred away so abruptly, but clearly it'll <laughs> fuck something up. So uh, It oops. was a good call, though. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, thanks everyone. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.